to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. All right. Come on. Come welcome. welcome. Going to scare the children, Brandon. Scare the children. That's right. I don't know if children can be scared anymore after what's been happening at the reading hours, but yeah, uh, we're, maybe. We're, we're like um, making them tough really early. We're giving them a chance to go, the emperor has no clothes. Why are we watching this? Oh, that's a bad, that's a bad, uh, right. a, a, a bad thing there. Cause that might be literal too. <laughs> oh man. I tell you what a world we live in. Yeah. It looks like my, uh, uh, the rumble is not, going on so um you guys want to talk about the weekend i'm going to jump off real quick i want to get this rumble live uh, back i'm not sure why we have problems had a really good weekend uh my only daughter turned 17 uh, years old i now feel very old with some gray in there gray in here a little old but i mean i've just uh, had a great time we went up to reading and spent some time with some of her best friends and just a fantastic weekend um, worshiping the Lord up there. We got a chance to hear Chris Valentin speak. He, uh, it was an interesting message he spoke on. He spoke on um, it's time for the church to pick a fight. Mm-hmm. And he showed a clip from William Wallace and picking a fight with the British. Basically, I told my wife, man, I, sometimes I feel like I'm picking a fight with this show. And she said, well, actually, the fight was already there. He just didn't back down from the fight. And so there, I think that's a very prophetic, that movie is very prophetic in a lot of ways, uh, prophetic to show how, um, you know, there is, comes a time where the church has to not back down. And I think we're in it right now where we cannot, we can no longer just go, oh, well, it'll just roll over. Everything will be okay. Um, because we've done that over and over again. And every time we've done that, we've actually lost more and more rights. So um, yeah, it was a powerful message. Uh, it was convicting to me. Chris is very much uh, a, a California uh, native, and he was like, no one's going to kick me out of my state. And uh, it was beautiful to hear him say that. So anyways, that was a, it was a great time for me. Uh, how about you, Chris? I think you had a little trip here. Yeah, I was in Austin, Texas, for a conference called Beautifully Adorned. It was about uh, inner healing and deliverance, and uh, it was also an information about uh, the deep state activities and it was a lot of fun. But what I noticed in the airport, since Austin isn't too far from the border, were how many non-English speakers there were with foreign passports. Wow. Um, and it was uh, concerning enough to me so that I realized um, this is uh, this is really happening at the border. So I was seeing evidence of it. Uh, it. It wasn't just because Austin is an international airport. Like It's not a major hub for stopovers. Uh, it does have uh, KML, but that's about, uh, it, it, that was not what was going on. These were not people flying in from Qatar and Germany to have a little vacation. Um, it was it was evident that there was something going on at the border and they were ending up at the airport. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You saw it. You saw it firsthand, which we, we know it's going on. But you saw you saw this reality firsthand. It's kind of hard to know because, I mean, you and I, Ron, we're, we're, we're excited about immigration. We're excited about people coming to our country. It's the American dream. We, we, we love the fact that people come here. Um, you know, I think my 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 wife and her family, or uh, both sides of her family, were immigrants to this country. We, I, I've been here for a while. My family's been here for a while. But I mean, to say that we are concerned about immigration doesn't mean we don't want immigration. We absolutely want immigration, but we just want it legally and with order, and we want it uh, not to be immigration to be used as a as a as a ploy to pepper you know the Republican areas with people who are definitely will vote Democrat or people who have so little uh, um, at their disposal that they're willing, you know, you give them a bunch of money and say, Hey, go throw these 10 ballots in that one box that in 2024, they're going to go do it because you're going to give them a bunch of money. So, you know, I think we're just really concerned that, you know, immigration is being used as a political weapon and it has been, but it's, it, it seems like it's very insidious. Like there's something going on 
even more than that. And I'm not, I'm not quite sure what it is. I don't know, understand what the play is entirely. Well, you know, <clears throat> the rules are always that, you know, when you have immigration, you always have it as a literal minority, right? You don't want to have such an influx that you become the minority because then you lose the very soul of your own party. Right. You know, of your own country. Yeah. Or of your own country. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, you have certain values that took hundreds of years. They've been, they've been, you know, designed, worked through, written out, lived by. And now, I mean, even with the judges, they're, they're, they're interviewing judges right now and, and they don't know the basics of, of the constitution or even the basics of law. I mean, they're, they're being asked and they're like, I, I don't know. Uh, but I'm sure I'll study it when I get a case like that. And they're like, you should have known that any first year law student would know that, you know, and I, I saw that this week. So what's happening is, is you start filling up positions, whether it be population or positions of authority with people that just don't have the value of the founding of the country. And you literally will lose the soul of the country. That's why they always say infiltration from within is, is how, you know, you can take over a country. And that's right. what's happening. Well, and, and, you know, I had a, a friend of mine who actually was Australian and he just got went, became a citizen of America just recently. And he said, you know, he had to take a long test. It was like a hundred questions on history and politics and government. He had to like, and, and he's, and he had, he had the, the whole ceremony. His wife was going to come down while they did the swearing in ceremony, but they just did it right after the test. And he, his wife and him said it was deeply emotional. He wept. It was like becoming part of something finally that he had wanted to be a part of. And you know, there was just this beautiful moment, but I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, we would make like every high school student take that test and be sworn in like vo volitionally, you know, how like you're part of the church and you get baptized. Some people get baptized as babies. They do pedo baptism. And then, but you know, the church I've always been a part of is like, no, we do believer baptism. We do people that say, I now as an adult willfully, I'm now choosing to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I would, I would love to see every single person in America in high school go through that ceremony and like saying, I am, will defend the constitution of the United States against all foreign, uh, um, you know, and domestic enemies, right? You, that's part of the being of the swearing in. So right. I think every single person who's an American should do that. And it's, it's interesting because America is the only place where no matter what your nationality is, no matter what your background is, if you become part of this experiment, you become part of the family. You become part of the nation. It's it's almost like a picture of heaven. You become part of, you know, no matter what your background is, if you believe in, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you, you you're saved and become part of the heavenly family. So, you know, I just anyways, I just think that it was special to hear him say he went through that and how emotional it was, and I just love to see everybody go through. I'd go through that. Yeah, it's a great ex uh, experiment. I think it's been in the scriptures and Isaiah. It talks about in the last days that he would have a mountain higher than all other mountains, mountains are, you know, kingdoms. And it said that uh, people will pour into it from all over and they will say, come, let us learn the ways of the Lord, you know, and what, what country better fits that the mountain above all other mountains, you know, and people pouring into it from all over saying, come, let us, let us learn the ways of the Lord. And that's how it, what this country was and, and it will be. Yeah. And that just goes, um, I know there was some news uh, earlier this week uh, or over the weekend that uh, Sam Brinton, who was the uh, former nuclear nuclear waste official for Biden that we know was uh, part of, he'd gotten, he'd gotten suspended and then he had gotten um, removed from his position because he had two separate women's luggage thefts um, that occurred. Um, and this one, uh, he one, he has had a third strike against him, which I do believe is a felony now. So he was arrested over the weekend. Um, uh, I guess he's like kleptomaniac or something. And, and he had, he's wearing here in this picture, a designer um, dress from a Tanzanian, Tanzanian uh, fashion designer that's living in Houston. And she kept seeing him wearing her designer clothes that she had um, had her suitcase stolen. 
back in 2018 at oh, you know, oh, Reagan uh, Airport in Washington, D.C. So she filed a report with the, the police and uh, it finally caught up with uh, him. And so they they did a little sting operation and arrested him over the weekend at his house. And he had quite a few of her outfits uh, in his home. So I, I just bring this up because uh, trans, he's a trans man and um, he he there are less than one half of one percent who are identifying in that position right now. And I don't know um, if that's completely accurate, but that's what the statistics are saying in the trans community. And that is not a very big reflection of the normal population. And here we had a man step into a position because he was gender fluid and not necessarily because he had integrity, he loved this country, he stood for the values. I mean, basically uh, he, he couldn't keep his hands off uh, Vera Bradley suitcase, literally, wow. that he thought had some good stuff in it, some interesting and um, fashionable outfits that he might be able to wear. And this is, I mean, it's just strange that he would get a position so high in the Biden administration. It, it, it makes me think that maybe they're just either one, trying to do everything they can to destroy America and make us, make us look like fools, or two, they're being allowed to play this this part out to look like to show the American people how foolish they were for voting for this administration. I, I can't get in my head which one it is because they're both equally possible, you know. Oh, yeah. There could be a third third, too. There's a moral to the story is don't hire people that work too closely to nuclear waste. <laughs> See what happens? No, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, anyway. anyways, so there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in, in the world right now. Um, I think locally, you know, kind of, you know, we're wake the bear. We're talking about California. You know, we, we had that woman on um, from Santa Barbara talking about there was a 15 year plan to uh, deconstruct and reconstruct children's minds around LGBTQ issues um, that she uncovered. Remember, I think her name was. Uh, oh God, I can't remember her name right now, but she basically uncovered that there was a secret password protected, you know, material that teachers were teaching in the schools. Um, that it, it's being exposed all around the, the nation, but also in California. And, you know, this last week and even this weekend, there was a um, drag queen story hour. And I was sent by it in my, um, my Facebook by a friend of mine. And I'm like, oh, I would love to go. I was out of town. I would go and and protest, right? Get get there and, and show up. There was a bunch of people showing up. I, I, a few people did show up and protest. And so they're trying to push it. You know, you get these things happening nationally and you think, oh, there's just, this can't be real. Or maybe this is happening in just a few places. But now it's happening, you know, in Santa Cruz, in my own backyard. Um, and then, of course, then they chose to put up the, the gay flag for this um, week of celebrating Harvey Milk, who was the one of the first openly gay um, uh, politicians in San Francisco, which I don't, I'm not sure why that has to be so, so something so sacred, but I guess, you know, he was assassinated and they wanted to make it look like he, you know, when they present it right now, they say, Oh, he was assassinated, making it like, Oh no, he was like Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King. Yes. He was killed for, for, for his civil rights movement. No, he was killed in his office by a gay lover who murdered him. Right. You know, and they, they use the word assassinated because you, you, you get the impression that you know, like Martin Luther King Jr., but there's these, these, all these lies, and so they're going to celebrate Har you know, Harvey Milk, who did really much of anything, and you're going to, um, we're going to use that as an excuse to put up the gay flag on the elementary, junior high, and high school, all the schools in this county, and you know, if someone's an adult and they choose that lifestyle, I'm not God, so they, there, that's between them and the Lord, but pressuring our children. And put in suggesting that they maybe that you don't feel weird, you feel weird in your body, so maybe you're a boy, or maybe you're gay. Suggesting that is just evil. I mean, it's grooming, and we need to stand up. If the church doesn't stand up, our silence is our consent. And so, you know, I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm big on this right now. I feel like, feel like I'm trying to wake up other pastors and other and churches to say, listen, if the, your culture becomes decayed and you say nothing, you are for it. You're you're basically your silence is giving consent. 
Yeah, I remember uh, when Chris covered a little bit of the details of uh, Harvey Milk uh, about a year and a half ago or something. Yep. I mean, that guy was like taking in uh, runaway teens and drugs and I think Great a couple boys. OD'd and stuff. And there were a lot of people even within that community that said he's not a role model. He takes advantage of young boys and has, has really, uh, you know, allowed them to kill themselves by uh, what he did with right. them. Right. And he was um, uh, Harvey Milk. He was a supervisor in San Francisco. He wasn't killed by a gay lover. He was killed by Dan White, Dan who, White. Was, um, who made the great famous Twinkie defense, if you remember that, because yep. he had too many Twinkies, so he wasn't thinking very well. But also Mayor Mascone was um, he was killed at the same time. So it was really a political um anger that Dan White came in because he stepped out of a race for supervisor and then he wanted to step in and they wouldn't mm. let him. And so it was, um, it wasn't a heroic type of situation. And Harvey Milk, actually, he was got most of his funding from the same Moonies that um, uh, did the, the Kool-Aid um, oh. uh a cult down in what was that Guyana down in South. Well, that was actually, uh, yeah. People, Jonestown, Jonestown. Yeah. I, I don't know. The Moonies were the ones that go to airports and steal <laughs> luggage a lot like this, uh, first story. <laughs> That's what they were known it was for. Jo yeah. The, the Jonestown situation. Those, um, that cult actually did do a lot of financial backing and, Interesting. Um, so we, I, I think some of the history on Harvey Milk has been um, twisted to create a a, um, a different history than probably the complete reality of the situation. Well, it's what it's trying to do ultimately is is trying to get to gain the the righteous efforts of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the righteous efforts of the movements to for for you know civil rights and try to make it the same thing and that's that, that's the part that just sticks out to me that bug, bugs me is it's not the same thing so someone who's a, is immutably it's immutable scientific evidence that you are born a woman or born a man xx xy chromosomes it's immutable science that you're born black okay it's not immutable science um it, you know it goes back to the nature or nurture argument you know whether someone is born gay or they have gay tendencies there's no scientific evidence that proves that one way or the other so it's basically a belief and we're projecting that worldview over children at schools and i think it's incredibly disheartening and, and really disgusting mm -hmm. to suggest that so but i mean there, the, there's a lot of good stuff going on i mean we got yeah the, think, speaking a twisted history and, and light coming to it totally That'll be our, our, our main focus tonight, which is uh, the Russia collusion story and the truth about it through the Durham case. So I want to load up a uh, just an intro to it, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, go for it. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped, and it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It, it is, regardless, devastating to the FBI and to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. Trump, Putin, Russian collusion. Trump, Russian sort of collusion. Trump, Russian possible collusion. Trump, Russian metal collusion. Trump, Russia possible collusion. Trump, Russian deadly collusion. Trump, Russia possible collusion. Trump, Russian possible collusion. Trump, Russian collusion. Trump, Russia Russian collusion. Trump, Russia possible collusion. Russian hack our election. Here comes a big change. Because all of a sudden, Trump, Russian possible collusion, Russian, Russian, Russian collusion, Russian possible collusion, Russian possible collusion, Trump, Russian collusion, collusion with the Russians, Russia possible collusion, Trump, Russia possible collusion, prove collusion, prove collusion. Was there collusion? Absolutely. Russia, 
and the Trump are very worried in collusion. This president, this president, in collusion with Putin and the Kremlin, and be in collusion. This president, this president, in collusion with Putin and the Kremlin, are very worried in collusion. All 17 intelligence agencies. 17 agencies. 17 of our intelligence agencies. 17 of our intelligence agencies. 17 intelligence agencies. 17 different United States intelligence agencies. All 17 of them. To stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out. Etc. Etc. Oh my gosh, man, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, it definitely uh is a good starter there. So it's that's a mix up, uh, a remix of all the, the uh the headlines. Actually, they're very hard to find now. I used to see them all the time, but I think I think the internet gets scrubbed an awful lot because yeah, uh, you have to go the way back everywhere to find that stuff. I mean, I mean, it's not like people forgot about it because literally it was on the news every night and day for three straight years. Oh, yeah. The Mueller, the whole Mueller investigation. Yeah. Millions of dollars spent on the Mueller investigation, right? Yes. Lots of lots of money. And, you know, that was $2 million spent on the Mueller investigation. And the outcome was no evidence of Trump. Russia collusion. Right. But, but they refused to say that he was innocent. Right. They didn't yeah. want to. Yeah, he's, but he must still be. This, this is the thing. It's like the tail wagging the dog there. It's like, the, you know, almost like a snake eating itself. Cyclical. They make up this story and then they say, oh, then the story must be real, you know, um, because, you know, so-and-so is investigating it, which, you know, and that, you know, when we've heard, you know, for now years and, and that there would be Don, John Durham would, um, you know, that he would come and bring the, the boom, right? He would bring the, the information. And it's been four years that John Durham has been doing this research. Yeah. And I know sloths that were quick, quicker. Yeah. Everybody was upset. Like, and I know I was like, when are, when is somebody going to be held accountable for this? You know? And there just doesn't seem, you know, that people were saying things like, you know, where's John Durham? Is he, was he, was he captured? Was he, was he <laughs> what happened to the poor guy? Did he, like, I saw this one meme missing. Have you seen me? John Durham found, found contact the Department of Justice. Uh, and, and, you know, he did a 310 page report that he turned in. And it's interesting because the media is ignoring the report. And they're trying to say that it's a nothing burger, but actually it sh- shows that the FBI partnered with the, 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 the DNC uh, and Hillary Clinton's campaign to create a story that would plague Donald Trump's um, presidency for three straight years of lies and lo- you know, and it's, everybody's doing this, pointing the finger. Well, and it, it, it doesn't, you, you it's like you. How are we going to hold people accountable to making up this story that turns out to be nothing? There was no actual collusion with Russia. You know, people. And the problem is that the damage has been done. The American psyche has been psycho trauma traumatized by this. They've been branded as a a puppet of Putin, and now and now you can't even consider him for you know you can't consider him for you know running for president again you know he, he was and it's interesting because even time magazine said that there was a collect a, a collusion effort by multiple you know sources dnc msnbc the mainstream media the 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 intelligence agencies to get trump out of office and it and it worked they they, they cheated and so this durham report comes out and is now going explaining what actually took place that was part of that to get him out of and and it connects it's interesting because it, the russia collusion story connects to the hunter biden laptop in that they are saying it's the same source it's all about russia so so you've got russia collusion story donald trump colluding with the russians you know there's evidence that he was had you know some relations with prostitutes in russia and what pee on a on a bed, right? This is really salacious information, and and and, and so there's we're going to investigate it, and then they and then they start you know find out that the, you know there's nothing there, right? 
And then so there's this whole thing with the Durham, you know, the Durham reports looking at this information that, you know, that somehow Donald Trump, you know, is colluding with Russia. And then who, what else is going on? Oh, well, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop shows up. Oh, well, that's Russian disinformation, says the FBI and 51 intelligence agencies. Oh, and now we're about to go to war with Russia. Oh, because Russia's bad. It's like there's this push to tell people that these are the bad people. These are the good people. You should hate this person and you love these people. And it's all coming from the same six mega corporations in bed with the you know the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, Hillary Clinton, and all of these paid operatives. It's this, it's this massive hoax and being put on the American people and they're getting away with it. That's the problem. Yep. Well, let's go into some detail um, of, of what had actually happened. Uh, just okay. to kind of, you know, I've been hearing it for years and it's always a little cloudy, you know, and I, I remember hearing it way back when Dan Bongino was covering it and I thought he covered it better than anyone else. But at the same time, it was just like, it was still in the works and it still was a little cloudy. Like who was what and, and what was, you know, the cause yeah, and effect. The, the Durham report was a special report that was put on by you know, Barr. Um, the inspector general gave a, 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 narrow, a narrow scope for Durham to report and look at the wrongdoing of the FBI in um, investigating President Trump's campaign with no evidence. And not only did, was there no evidence, but they actually altered evidence. They even uh, they falsified evidence and they and they used um, mechanisms for surveilling um, criminal activity outside the United States. They used it, they weaponized it against uh, a, a presidential candidate against, you know, the being used by the Democrats to weaponize those, those tools against their, their opponent, which was Donald Trump. And then we later for three years. So that was this probe that was focused. And, and the report was that, 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 if it was found true that this this happened, that the you know the intelligence agencies, FBI, and the, the the DNC did collude together, that there would be charges that would be brought up. So the probe focused on focusing on actions of the former President Obama and his administration and senior officials who targeted the pre President Trump and his campaign team. So that's the that was the basic scope of Durham's investigation. And one of the most important things that came up out of this, and this is the one thing we need to remember, is that there was actually no physical real evidence at all that Donald Trump included with Russia ever produced. Even yeah. Adam Schiff was like, I got irrefutable evidence on. He went on MSNBC and CNN and said, irrefutable evidence. And all these people said, oh, there's so much evidence. Well, let us see the evidence, Adam. Well, I can't let you see the evidence. But I have irrefutable evidence, right? And they, they, uh, that was part of the impeachment, the first impeachment uh, process, too, of President Trump. So it, yeah. it was totally disruptive of his administration and his trying to get some momentum going in his presidency as he's moving our nation forward mm -hmm. um, with the, the promises that he'd made during his campaign. And uh, it just... Uh, I know it actually started, um, it, what I remember is that um, what Hillary Clinton knocked um, Bernie Sanders out of the race, remember right. in the primaries? Superdelegates. And so she did a complete smear campaign on him. And I think she was even used the FISA. He, he, got, he was the the back end of some FISA abuse too, because she was looking for things there. And uh, basically during that time, it was uh, the FBI went to, um, to the, the DOJ and said, Hey, she's, she's doing, she, she's, um, they found it out because of her her um, emails that she had on those oh, un yeah. that unclassified server at her home, and she had quite a few. And remember when she was doing the beach the the bleach bed, and she took the hammer to the laptops, trying to destroy the evidence that she had um, emails. Well, they found these emails that she was doing the smear campaign, and so. Um, it, they went to the, the pre President Obama and at the time, Vice President Biden, 
and AG Eric Holder was um, also part of that, as well as the the um, the the uh, NSA lead and some other administration people, and they were they were letting them know that she had this information at their house that at her house that shouldn't be there. And so basically that got things going. And I think this was a bait and switch. A lot of once um, Trump became, became the GOP candidate, she wanted to get the, the eyes off of her because they were questioning what was she doing with um, these unclassified are these classified emails on an unclassified server at her house. So there was a yeah. lot going on there trying to get just to deflect uh, her problems with the FBI. Yeah. She's trying to get people to look somewhere else, you know, and so she was looking for some sort of material to do a smear campaign against uh, Donald Trump. And so, you know, as a result, she, she started the whole ball rolling. So she paid, to have some investigations like can you find any dirt on him on donald trump and and we'll we'll use that and so that that got the ball rolling and that was yeah to get the eyes off of the um what was it thirty three thousand uh emails right and the only reason why you have it on a a uh a server like she had that wasn't in the government is because then it she felt like it was safer from being snooped on you know mm -hmm. as a public server uh, you know, you don't use your work email, you use your private email, that sort of thing. Keep it out, you know. Well, so. it also gave access to foreign entities. Oh, yeah. Well, Not yeah, I mean, remember President Trump said, hey, uh, yeah, Russia, if you found any of those three thirty three thousand emails, let us know, you know. And, you know, he was kind of joking around. Well, they they, they turned it into, a, oh, he's colluding with the Russians to get that information about her. Yeah. And so that, so the whole thing started what in a bar. And I, re I remember, um, well, George Papadopoulos, Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. Uh, yeah. He was, in, he was in a bar with the Australian intelligence in a pub in London. And he was an advisor, you know, an advisor to the Trump campaign had suggested that he had dirty information on Hillary through Russia. And it was hearsay. It was not proven to be true. Yeah. Um, through some Austra you know, Australian diplomats that made it to the, you know, gave a weight to it, to the FBI. Um, so they had basically put together a, a, an investigation into president Trump, but based on all hearsay. Yeah. And they were all too eager to just go off of hearsay. It, it, the mindset of these people were that, you know, they felt like, like Trump was the Hitler, you know, and, and there's been uh, you know, there's been that, that question, if you knew Hitler as a baby, would you kill him? Right. Save the world. And so, they're thinking, I would do anything to get rid of Donald Trump, uh, even before he becomes president. And so the ends justifies the means. And they compromised every single thing that this country stands for as far as law and order. And anytime you break laws and order to justify, and we've seen that uh, over the centuries, you know, crusades or whatever, people, uh, it never ends good because you, you destroy the very thing that you think you're standing up for. And I, yeah. I think that's what they did. They they. They went off a of hearsay. They were supposed to investigate and they didn't really go into deep investigation. You're supposed to look into the sources and the background and, and the evidences from there. And, and they just didn't do the homework on these things. Yeah. So, well, I mean, if you, uh, I, I think it was Greg Gutfeld said this, I think uh, Will, Will um, Kane was saying that we repeated it in this recent um, review of it. And he basically just said, you know, if you believe that, you know, he's Hitler, if you believe that literally that Trump is worse than Hitler, then what wouldn't you do? What law wouldn't you break to stop him? And that has become the frenzy of the media has created that narrative in people's mind to justify doing. I mean, literally, you know, there's video evidence of them, of people taking multiple ballots and going to ballot boxes and stuffing ballot boxes and people on the left are so blind they're okay with it they're literally okay with a stolen election if it's if it means getting donald trump out of office it's good they've created like a this false narrative that is that's made people lose their stinking minds 
Yeah, I mean, you remember the the conversations that were found between what Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, and I think Lisa was like, "Oh my gosh, could he actually win? Could he be president?" You know, and what was Peter Strzok's? Uh, you know, no, he won't be. I'll make sure of that. You he know, he will stop so, it. He said, "Yeah." Yeah, and so I mean, that the mindset was there to to go against uh, Donald Trump, and so this whole this whole story that they made up. Uh, you know, it was uh, what it was at a hotel and it was supposed to be that Donald Trump met with some prostitutes and that he, he peed on them and then they peed on him. I mean, it's just, you know, I was just thinking about what is the what is the topic that you can get the most people to be disgusted with? You know, you can't even say, oh, it's sex with boys or girls because there's so many people, dark people out there um doing that heart darkened i mean you know that that would say oh that's cool with me but you know the p the pp thing is just like that's probably the most offensive to the most people you know so let's go with that story you know it's just really absolutely crazy uh that you know they they come up with this story and it's all made up out of thin air i mean it wasn't you know well there's guy dolan he went up to the he was in uh in Russia, and he said, "Let me show me the presidential suite." And the person took him up and showed him the presidential suite, and and they they're, they can't figure out where the story came from, but probably Dolan passed this story on, and it became the the information that became this the Christopher Steele dossier. You know, Christopher Steele was a British um, intelligence agents, you know, for the British intelligence for I can't remember their name, but they are, but. He get, get, creates this document and Hillary, you know, pays for Perkins Coey to get this information. They use GPS. They hire a, you know, a, this British guy to go out and get this information. He makes, gets this story that's made up. Um, and they, you know, there's no, just be, any, any information that you can connect, you know, Donald Trump to Russia. The dossier um, is put together and they basically like start an investigation within like a day. It, there was like no back. It didn't take any time for them to get it going um and so if we go back so perkins coy is is hired by hillary to find dirt they go to christopher Steele, who's a british spy and christopher Steele gets the information from a guy named Igor dan igor igor danchenko and igor danchenko got this original story from Dolan, who took the um, took the tour of the hotel and just came up with it. So I think the source is what you're saying is Dolan. Yeah, Dolan. He told Igor Charles Danchenko, Dolan. and then Christopher Steele got this information from Igor Danchenko. And then, and then that goes right into Perkins Coy, who got hired by Hillary. Right. Okay. Perkins yeah. Coy, yeah. Come, come to find out the the... Uh, originator of the story, the Char Charles Dolan, he was a DNC operative. Right. And so he actually had worked for Bill Clinton's campaigns and then uh. for Hillary Clinton. And so there, there again is the person, the, the uh, opposition is giving the dirt. Right. And so it just it doesn't even make sense why they went forward, except for that they were looking for something to distract away from Hillary Clinton and to make uh, Trump look bad. So it was totally made up. That's the, the thing. And the 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 other thing is that um, it was intentional by uh by both obviously Hillary, but once they found it, the FBI found this out, they actually briefed Obama. And you can see it uh, in the Durham report on page 91 to about page 100. They briefed uh, uh, Obama, they briefed vice president at the time, uh, Joe Biden, and then uh, some other very top level administrative people that this was going on, that there was an investigation that that didn't look like it. It was made to to create dirt. That's how um, the FBI presented it to the White House. And so the, the key is that the White House knew um, that this was going on prior to prior to the the investigate the whole impeachment 
um, story. Right. And so Perkins, Perkins Coy shops out the information that um, that Russia has a back or uh, Trump has a back channel through a Russian bank called Alpha Bank. And they shop out this idea to everybody that he has these connections, um, which are not based on any fact uh, to everybody under the sun, including the New York Times, MSNBC. They don't run with it yet because there's like this that doesn't completely make sense. There's this confusion about the data. It doesn't make sense. They're not sure where it came from. So the MSNBC holds back a little bit. They don't run it. New York Times doesn't run it yet. The Michael Sussman's attorney goes to James Baker, the head of the FBI. Um, he doesn't tell Baker, I'm working for Hillary Clinton. In fact, he denies that he was working for, the, for Hillary Clinton. And then he says, hey, you got to check this stuff out. I found out that there's this back channel that the FBI, you know, and the FBI doesn't bite on it. They don't, they don't decide to run after they think it doesn't make sense. Um, but he says, you know, and, and the New York Times is considering running this story. You don't want them to get ahead of you, do you? So Sussman says to the New York, you know, Sussman says this to the New York Times. So there's this, this whole like this confusion going on about where this information came and they, they they give it to the New York Times. The New York Times is going to run with it, but the FBI calls New York Times and says, hey, listen, we're not sure that information is true. It's not been verified. We're investigating it. Well, that word, the FBI is investigating this information, created credibility that it was actually true. And that then started the ball rolling. Just total. Yeah. So, yeah, you can see how the ball is yeah, rolling. This is a very clear case of fake news. Right. You know, I mean, I, I remember I think everybody remembers just how many hours and hours and days and mm -hmm. months and years uh, that it was on the news. Right. It would like start the news. You know, uh, the walls are closing in. You know, I remember seeing that video on that, how they all saying, you know, this is a tipping point or getting to the end. You know, this is the end. Uh you know, and it was all about this and it was all based on hearsay made up. And I, I just hope this really does wake up people. I, I hope, you know, Patriots, uh, Patriots really need to run with this story. They really need to say, Hey, did you hear about this? Do you know? Because it's very clear. I mean, you're seeing it on Fox, but you're not really seeing it too much on, you know, M MSNBC. I think the New York times did, um, post, a, um, an apology to Donald Trump. If I, saw that right earlier today. Um, but we need to make sure people know. So it, I think, you know, those that are out there, if there's something you want to do, this is something you definitely could do to help. And that is to show a very easy and proven uh, case of fake news. They, and this is a major thing. This isn't just some little side story about UFOs or something. I mean, this is a, this is literally the direction of our country. I mean, it, because of this, we have inflation that's absolutely through the roof. You know, the high gas prices uh, on the verge of World War Three with nuclear uh, warheads. Um, you know, we have a southern border that's wide open. These are all things that were able to happen because of this lie. Because of and, and so yes, it is very very important that the truth be made known. Yeah, and so. if it's if it feels confusing, it was confusing by intention. Right. And by design, but what what disrupts me um, really it makes me angry. Peter Strzok was back on Meet the Press on May 14th. That was the day before the Durham report came out, and this is what he said. He says, "I think it's clear Donald Trump is compromised by the by Russia." That's what he said. I thought it in 2016. So this was a week ago. And I still think it's true. They hold leverage over him that makes him incapable of placing the national interests over his own. That takes a variety of forms. One is that, that the greatest way people gain leverage over a president is through financial entanglements. When you take a look at Trump financial enterprises, particularly in relation to Russian money and organized crime and other elements, those interactions have placed him into a position that Russians have influence over him and can influence his actions. So he said that a week ago. So there was absolutely knowing very well he was a liar 
and he hadn't seen what was coming out in the Durham report yet, but he was trying to get a hold ahead of the news. He came out and lied again. And he, he totally deflected that this is exactly what's going on in the Joe Biden um, family, crime family situation right now with a Hunter Biden laptop. So it's so twisted. Well, and that's the thing is that the story is this, Durham found out that it was a complete hoax. It was manufactured, James Comey, FBI, Peter Strzok, all these people then also altered data uh, FISA, the FISA warrants, which were for foreign interference, you know, foreign interference and foreign investigations and used it and weaponized it against an American president and a candidate for office when there was actually no evidence that he had any collusion whatsoever. However, the Durham report shows that 300 page, you know, pages of showing that there was it's fake evidence was created. They created a hoax attempting to swing an American election for president. Your state security apparatus was weaponized against the people's will. That's the problem. And now they're emboldened to do it again. And they did do it again in 2020, where there was clear evidence the FBI had the underbiter laptop for a year. And then they all came forward and 51 intelligence agencies used their, their, um, their good name to say that it was Russian disinformation when it clearly wasn't, it was real. And they, they swayed an election in 2020 again. So this is the problem. If, if we do not have people being held accountable for these wicked things, they'll do it again. They'll get more bolder. They'll do it again. And that we just see it actually playing out in front of us. What else are they not telling us the truth about? What else are they withholding information? What other data are they altering in back back deals and back courts? What types of misinformation are they bringing forth? And it makes the American people not trust the the apparatus of our intelligence agencies, and rightfully so. And that's that is a problem. Yeah, yeah. there's an argument that why didn't um, Dur- John Durham? Why didn't he make recommendations to the DOJ to prosecute? He didn't. He didn't. And um, I think it's because he knows very well he's not going to be able to get justice with this this DOJ. And uh, I know Jim Jordan's calling in Durham, hopefully to testify this Thursday. So in front of the House Judiciary Committee. Yeah. Uh, Here's another one that doesn't age too well with uh, what had happened. And this is a bold-faced lie. It's just a good, another example, you know. Oh. How to escape the heat if you don't have an air conditioner. (laughs) This only takes five minutes. Don't you? I just tired. It's okay. It's still playing. (laughs) I want to know how to escape the heat. (laughs) You do, huh? Here, I skipped the ad. Yeah, the uh, well, you're getting that is too. Substantial, uh, uh, and uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. Christopher Steele may have found out even before our own intelligence agencies that the Russians were in fact aiming to help Donald Trump in the election. That has now been borne out by ample evidence. Yeah, well, ample evidence. Ample huh? evidence. Well, that didn't age too well. But that was definitely, uh, you know, in your face, bold face lies, you know. Yeah. And somebody needs to be accountable for lying to Congress, lying to the American people, lying to the DOJ. Um, Florida Congressman, you know, Matt, Matt Gates, he is calling for an indictment of the FBI agents following this report. And he suggested that the FBI be defunded and its agents criminally indicted. So that's an interesting, there's there's a little bit of talk going on. I know Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is, um, has put in some uh, recommendations and paperwork for the beginning of some impeachment process for Joe Biden. Uh, articles yeah. of impeachment. She formally, um, formally put them forth, right? Articles of right. impeachment. Right. Right. Well, I mean, so there's a lot here going on. And, and, and this is the thing I think, you know, I, I want to hear what people have to say. Did you believe that Donald Trump was a Russian asset? Did you believe there was some scintilla of evidence that was there? 
And, and, and did you, were you one of those people that hated Donald Trump? You know, was it your aunt or your neighbor, or maybe even you that believed that Trump was not just a, a, a grumpy guy from New York or you know, a brash person, but he was literally a threat to democracy. He was this big, bad wolf colluding with Russia. He was a Russian agent. And then therefore you felt it was okay for us to, you know, for our uh, agencies to lie about him for you know us to start a war with russia now like like it's like it's almost like it's using use this excuse to like um move us to more for towards the the 16-year plan which we were talking about a year and a half ago right the 16-year plan was to make make right you know putin the big bad guy and then st start a war with him to justify all kinds of other stuff and all of this was you know based on fake news so how much of that you know, Ukraine war is actually true. How much information are we getting from the front lines that's actually actual data? Because they're telling us that we're winning the war, or that Ukraine's winning the war, but then this private gets some data and says, no, we're actually losing. You know, Ukraine's losing. And then they put him, they, they go and arrest him with, you know, guns ablazing. You know, so it's like all he did was tell us that the, the that they're telling lies to the American people about what's really going on in Russia and what's really going on in Ukraine. And, I, and I'm not here to defend Putin. I'm just here to say, I don't want to be lied to anymore. I want our government to be held accountable and not to be used in their apparatus to lie. So anyways, we want to hear what you have to say. Why don't you call us at 831-222-5847. Uh, it's 831-BACK-TIP. That's a, so it's spelled on the phone, 831-BACK-TIP, 222-5847. Maybe you have a back tip about how we uh, should handle this, the, the situation that's going on. Yeah. Yes, definitely uh, crazy stuff going on. And, and you know, this is, um, I, I don't know if you saw, but I saw a lot of reports when the Durham report came out, them saying, wow, this was uh, completely made up. I mean, it was really confirmed over and over and over by a lot of people that uh, Donald Trump is completely exonerated. That it's not only did he have a little, he had no, he was like innocent of all, all these charges. And uh, that, that's a really powerful, powerful statement. I'm hoping a message to the church is, you know, those that have been quiet behind the pulpit, you know, um, this is a big thing. I mean, our country is in the shape that it's in, you know, an administration that hires people like we started the show off with, right? You know, a dress stealer. Um, you know, if that's what you want as a leader, well, then be quiet in your pulpit and don't say anything and don't identify what is right and what is wrong. And, and, and this, this thing should be shouted from the rooftops. You know, I mean, the, the, the pulpits need to be oracles of truth, not just spiritual truth. But truth around us, what's going on, what we're living in, our day to day, you know, what's affecting our schools, what's affecting our our jobs and our employment and and our citizenship and and all those things. And so, yeah. yeah that's good. That's good, Ron. I mean, one thing the Durham report showed is that uh, Trump was innocent, but it showed and this is what the mainstream media isn't letting people know that the FBI was guilty that the DOJ was guilty, that Comey and McCabe and Strzok and Lisa Page and the FISA judges, Rosenstein, Chris Ray, Gina Hapsel, uh, Sally Yates and Michael Sussman, Christopher Steele, Fusion GPS, Mark Elias and Hillary Clinton, Bruce Orr, remember Bruce and Nellie yeah, Bruce Orr? Bruce and Nellie Orr. All guilty. All of them is shown in this Durham report. And then the, this news says, oh, there's nothing to see. It's really kind of a boring report. There's nothing in here. Well, there is plenty in there. And I know that um, Jim Jordan was uh, interviewed by um, Maria Bartoloma, Bar Bartoloma and was asked, um, are you going to also investigate Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton because um, because they were part of uh, the things that the FBI was um, they were they were part of this uh, during this time and uh, Jim Jordan said nothing's off the table. It's important the American people understand how their agencies have been turned on them and uh, that the taxpayers. Um, have been actually 
uh, deceived by the Department of Justice. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Absolutely. That's very sobering thought. Very mm -hmm. sobering thought. You know, I, I know for myself, you know, hearing this for years, just how um, it can get depressing, right? You know, you go, well, how do they get away? I can't believe they get away with it. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've driven home from work listening to a podcast, you know, X-22 or, or whatever. And, you know, they're exposing the wickedness and the corruption. And then you're just like gritting your teeth. And, you know, sometimes you need a place to find um, real hope and uh, a place to find um, just encouragement. Yeah. Me, uh, you know, there, are, there is a segment of the church that's awake. Uh, I wish I could say the whole church, but the segment. And um, one of those would be like Flashpoint. Uh, Gene Bailey has, has started something about a year and a half ago. And it's uh, on political talk. They have a lot of political people. I mean, he interviewed the president uh, just a couple of weeks ago. You wow. know, one uh, in person. So, yeah, it was a real blessing to see that. And one of the things within the church, it seems like it's more of the spirit-filled, I'll call it spirit-filled uh, segment of the church seems to be more open to what we're talking about as far as the politics and, and things like that. And there was a flashpoint had done uh, a rally in Nashville and this was day two. I, I kind of want to show that. Uh, so let me, let me just show, this is a segment on the prophetic. And the reason why I want to bring up the prophetic, I'm not trying to push uh, those that, you know, are not aware of it or don't believe it or whatever, um, it's the value. What is the value of, of the prophetic? And there's a lot of different things with the prophetic. Sometimes it's instruction. Sometimes it's insights. Sometimes it is uh, future predictions too. That's just a small segment of the prophetic. And, and so for me, I found a lot of comfort <clears throat> listening to stories where people talked about what's happening right now years ago. The Lord told me this is going to happen. So I'm not surprised that it's happened. It's supposed to happen because God already told me that. And I wrote it down and I put it in a video and I showed this years ago. And so I'm not making this up after the fact. And so here's, here's a, um, a sample of uh, what I'm talking about. That was just really um, good. Let me, here we go. Pastor Hank, I'll give you a chance to respond. That's very good. You know, I think that you have to look at, first of all, when people were attacking the 2020 election regarding President Trump and the whole word about that, you know, he would win. And you had two things going on. And it's, it's, it's what you have. You have prophets of the land and prophets of the Lord. But then you also have prophets who bring the word of the Lord and then others who are the echo of the prophet. And they say that it's the word of the Lord. I can't speak for other people, but I can speak with a track record of over 25 years of prophesying many of the presidents very accurately, many different things that have happened with uh, global events that are documented. And that's not to give you my resume. It's to simply say that there has been a track record, but there's been a story that God has been telling about this nation, about President Trump, uh, about New York City being the place that would become the battleground. You can go out and, and look at that. Uh, I'm not trying to advertise my website, but if I may, could I, could I do that? Just You can go out to onevoicetv.net two weeks ago on a Wednesday night. I talked about the Donald Trump prophecies. We have documented prophecies, those of you that are watching, they go all the way back to 2004, 2006, 2007, to the point where God said that the president that would rise up out of New York, that he spoke about on 9-11, they would say, he's, he, 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 God said he will be a Solomon, he'll have wisdom, he'll be brilliant, but they'll say he has too many wives, and he will be accused because of the women he will rise up out of New York. And then God says in 2007, the, there will come a battle for the White House out of New York City with this mystery, this one, he who was born and raised there, he shall come out of New York and there will be a battle for the White House. Then God gets more specific and begins to say uh, exactly when it's going to happen in 2004, 2006, 7, 2011, uh, 12 and 14. He says in the 240th year of America's reign is when I'm going to raise up this mystery, this one out of New York City. Well, that was 2016. 
the 2016 election. Just like God said, there would be a battle for the White House. And notice Hillary Clinton went and she was the opponent. She went and got a tower. And the name of her tower was Tower 45 because she wanted to be the 45th president of the United States. And the spirit of Jezebel that was driving her got very angry when she lost because Jezebel always wants to be king. And so she decided, well, hey, let's go ahead and get with other people and let's do exactly what the spirit of Jezebel did in scripture. Let's go off and go after Naboth's vineyard. Let's go after the vineyard of the United States of America and let's do this in 2020. So God begins to tell us in August 16th of 2020, we've shared it on Flashpoint. God said that they would seek to delay the election. They would seek to steal it through a chaotic thing and events. And then God spoke and said, but do you think that they will be able to take my nation from me? So anybody who's out there saying, Hank Kuhneman, Hank Kuhneman ministry, you need to repent. I want to say, first of all, did you hear God for the last few years say exactly who it is that's going to rise up out of New York City? Kim Clement and I were the ones that met privately together and, and ministered the word to each other and said, okay, let's go public with it. And, and, and why would you repent when it came to pass? Second, God told us ahead of time that it would be stolen. Now, Pastor Gene, I just want to lay something out very quickly. When you judge a prophet, if you start giving the Old Testament scriptures to judge a prophet, theologically, you've already revealed that you theologically are not accurate. You don't judge a prophet by an Old Testament example. They're not judged that way. Otherwise, when Paul was talking about how to judge prophets, he would have brought Deuteronomy 13 and Deuteronomy 18 as an example. He didn't. He said, let other prophets judge. Deuteronomy 13, when people say that, stone the prophet, it says, if he prophesies something and leads you to go after other gods. And then it says, he is to be stoned. But then it didn't stop at the prophet in Deuteronomy 13. It says, if you have a family member, a relative that does the same thing, they're to be stoned. It wasn't just exclusively for the prophet. Read it. Deuteronomy 18, God begins to say in verse 22, he says, if the prophet speaks something presumptuously in my name that I did not speak, do not fear that prophet. He didn't speak it. Nowhere was it that he was to be stoned because again, that prophet spoke something not to pull people away from God. He spoke it out of his own heart. You go to the New Testament, Matthew 23, 37, Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that stones the prophets and kills those that have been sent unto you. So why did they stone the prophets? To your example, the things did not look like they were coming to pass according to man's timing and expectations. And Jesus said, how I would have gathered you, but you wouldn't. So no longer was it the prophet's words that were to be judged. It was the actions of the people. They didn't receive the prophet's words, and they were quick to judge them. Anyway, we'll go. He goes on a little bit more, but I know we're getting close to the end of this show. Wow, um, that's amazing. But, you know, yeah, I was encouraged by that. Uh, you know, because I have heard him on occasion over the years say things before they happened, and then they they happened. Uh, he talked about also a, a pandemic. Um, before it happened as well. And so, you know, so I find these things encouraging, uh, you know, I, 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 I can't say I don't get my theology from them, right. but what I do is I use the theology of the word and measure what is being said to make sure that is of God and it, that it's in line and stuff. And, and, and then I judge them by the fruit pointing to Jesus all the time, you know, so. Yeah. Kim Clement too. I mean, he's the one that had the prophecy that there would be two, you know, two presidents, and it's like this is going to be crazy. Two presidents will be, and like you know, I think yeah. we're, we're in the middle of that. And you know, Hank is saying he, he and Kim Clement were friends, and they would pass prophecies they were getting from the Lord back to each other. So it's just good to know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, about the president, and and even Robin Bullock, who who has a gift in the prophetic. Uh, you know, I heard him last week. He was talking about the the two kings story. And that was the about David and King Saul. We and most Christians are probably very familiar with that, you know. And what had happened was is the prophet had had anointed David to be king, and in God's eyes, he was king. Yet 
what was it, another seven years or something like that? It was it was a number of years before he actually wind up sitting on a throne with a crown on his head. Right. Yet he was in God's eyes and he had taken the kingship from Saul. And what does Saul do? He basically everything started to fall apart. Saul was totally focused on David and not running the country, trying right. to get rid of David, trying to take wow. him down for fear that he would override him. And you see a lot of similarities, almost like a, a possible fingerprint of God between Donald Trump and the deep state, right? I mean, they're focused on him, get rid of him, get rid of him. But, you know, let's another lawsuit, another lawsuit. Let's impeach, impeach. You know, even Kim Clement had prophesied impeach, impeach, they'll say, but that won't happen. You know, he, he will not be removed. And, um, you know, they even said it twice. And, and who? what happened? He got impeached twice, you know. And even Kim Clement years ago said, you know, Trump, or he talking about this president, which was Trump, he said, he'll be my David. And, and then I see something like the story of two kings and then the prophecy of the two presidents and the people say, how can this be two presidents, you know, and people are saying, well, how can that be? You know, how can that really be? But, you know, one won and the other one stole the election and got on the seat, even though he didn't win, you know. Yeah. But these things are eye openers for us. They give me it gives me comfort to know that there's a God up in the up there that is looking down. And he sees this. It's not like he's caught by surprise and like, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope, you know, we have to do our part. You know, when you hear a prophecy, what you, you don't go, oh, that's neat. I feel good. Like I, I just said, but you also pray into things. You say, Lord, I, I, I agree with that. I proclaim that we have the authority. We've, we've been given authority to speak things that are not as though they were. And we begin to stand in agreement to open up those, you know, heaven open up the heavens for, for these things to be fulfilled and, and to work through. They don't work unless we participate, you know? So God is waking up uh, people, you know, to participate. Yeah. You want to say anything, Chris? I know that's kind of in your area. It's the intercession. Yeah. I, I think what I loved about what Hank said was um, God has been telling a story in this nation and he's going to continue to tell it. So even as we watch and we um, we do our part that he's called us to, to call unrighteousness unrighteous and to uh, really draw people back to truth and, and not be afraid to say no, that what, what we're hearing is, is a lie um, that God is telling his story. And it will come through. And so uh, we are going to see this nation changed. And we, I think we're going to see this nation saved. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not easy. We'll see it change. Yes, we will. Looks like that music cut your mic out. I'm sorry about that. Well, may the Lord wake the people. Wake the bear, wake the people, wake the patriots, to get involved and make a difference. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. So this the, has uh, been be courage. Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO 1080 on your AM dial. Oh.